Hey there, ladies. Welcome back to Being Eve. So today kicks off a brand new series with a very special guest. I cannot wait for you all to hear from this amazing woman of God. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. Welcome to Being Eve. I'm your host, Casey Alexis, and this podcast is designed for the everyday woman who seeks to do more than just survive. You want to thrive. The goal is to inspire, empower, and encourage you as you find commonalities within my story and the stories of some extraordinary guests. Join me as we dive into this brand new episode. Christina Price was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, and grew up in a Hindu household. She accepted Jesus as a teenager after being introduced to Christianity by her mother, who became safe herself just a few years before passing away from cancer. After walking away from her faith for many years, Christina recommitted her life to Christ as an adult and is now passionate about the Lord and serving others. Christina recently penned her devotional-style memoir, Saved by Choice, My Journey Out of Religion and Into a Relationship with Jesus Christ. And she's going to tell us all about that. Christina lives in Dallas, Texas with her children, Nicholas and Naomi, the greatest joys of her life. She strives to build a foundation for her children that is deeply rooted in Christ. Ladies, help me welcome Christina Price to Being Eve. Hey, Christina, welcome to Being Eve. Hey, Casey, how are you? I'm doing well. I am so excited about having you on the podcast today. I've already introduced you formally to the audience with your bio, but please take this moment right now to let the ladies know who you are. Who is Christina? Who is Christina? Well, I am a woman of God. Amen. I am a mother of two incredible children, Nicholas and Naomi. I'm also a career woman. I've been working in corporate America for the past 16 years with an area of focus in HR operations. I have so many titles, sister, friend, and the most recent addition to my titles would be the one of an author as I just completed my first book. Yay! Yes! I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. And like I said, there's, there's so many titles that I carry and, and probably the most important of all of that, which is what I started with, which is that of a believer and, and keeping Christ at the center of my life. Amen. Amen. I love that. And yes, you do wear many, many hats. <laughs> as all, we all as women do, yep. right? There's like, yep. count how many hats we got on. But seriously, let the ladies know your story. Where did it all start for you? Yeah. Um, well, growing up, I was raised in a Hindu household. I am the first generation American and the youngest of seven children. Wow. So my upbringing had a mixture of cultural tension and just a faith of Hinduism that I, I truly didn't understand. At the age of 19, I was saved after being introduced to Christianity by my mom. She was saved herself just a few years before she passed away from cancer. And once she passed away, my faith was rocked and I realized I didn't have a strong foundation in, with Christ to withstand that experience. 
Mm. I was one of a baby Christian, as you could say, and just having something so traumatic happen to me, my my natural response was to to blame God. So from there, I kind of just distanced myself from God and just forged forward into my adulthood without God being that, that center. Over the years, I got married, I had children, I then got divorced, and I still had this gnawing feeling that I just could not fill. And coupling that with anxiety and depression that I just covered for years, I mean, it was really no surprise that as an adult in my mid-30s, I just came literally stumbling back to Jesus. But, you know, God is so faithful. And once I submitted myself and my, my life over to him, I could see the weight starting to shift and doors starting to open. And it's like, I, I was almost literally reborn again that we hear. So it was, it's, it's been a, a really great journey. And once I really fully immersed myself into him and his word, it's, and, and really, truly um, starting to heal, this whole light was just revealed to me of seeing life in a different way, experiencing it more with love and giving myself grace and people grace around me. And that's what led to this book that I wrote, you know, coming from a Hindu family, there wasn't really anyone that I can lean on. So I needed to be intentional about the process of, of learning and really seeking God for, you know, myself versus what people, what I see or, or what I hear. And again, the book became a product of that because I thought if I felt like this, I I can't imagine other people wouldn't feel like this. So I really wanted to relate to others with my situation. Wow. Just that little snippet of you sharing your story. I just pulled out so much. (laughs) You know, when bad things happen, right? We often hear that cliche, what bad things often happen to good people. And a lot of times we blame God when those bad things happen. You talked about losing your mom at the tender age. Was it 19? I lost her at 21. So I was saved at 19. So I lost her at at 21. Yeah. At 21. Wow. So you're entering your adulthood, right? Now that you look back, why do you think people often go to that being angry at God piece? Because I know I've had my own experience where, you know, things weren't going right for me. And the, the first person that I blamed was God. I didn't look at myself. I didn't look at anyone else circumstances or situations that may have led me to that but the first person I blamed was God why do you think we do that now that you can look back to that time period I feel like he becomes the default I think when we at least when I just became saved and it's kind of like a check the box you're going to read your bible you're going to pray you're going to do all these good things and you expect greatness Mm. but you don't see the bad things that can happen to you in life. And I think as a Christian, you know, once you truly accept Jesus into your heart, it doesn't take all the bad things away. You know, like he, he's, he's that hope that we should all fall back on to get us through those tough times. But I think, at least for me, when I became saved, I just thought, you know, you say this prayer and just like everything, you know, works out for you and it's just perfect. But it's really not. It's, it's really trying to work with Jesus to get you through the tough times in life. And instead of working through it and and going through those those hard moments and really facing death, facing challenges, we kind of shy away from it, just blame him and just keep moving. It's his fault. You know, like God didn't show up for me when I needed him. Because my mom had cancer. She never smoked. She barely drank. She and she died within three weeks of us finding out that she had mm. cancer. So all of that, like something so traumatic, it's like it just didn't make sense. 
Right. And I think we try to make sense of it. And the, the way we make sense of it is turning to anger and blaming God. That's a great response uh, because I, I can attest to that. And I feel that a lot of people can also, uh, because when you don't have anything else to blame, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, right. He's, he's the perfect person to just lay that blame there. I don't think he minds. <laughs> <laughs> he gives us a lot of grace. <laughs> he's so good in that way that he does not mind. But when you do, right, when you do blame him, I think that you also have to give him the space to prove you wrong. Right. 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 And I I think he's done a great job of proving us wrong every time we did blame him. Like, yeah, it's not me. Let me show you why. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. All right. So my next question for you is now from the time you turned, uh, you know, to faith, you, you got saved 19 and you lost your faith at some point. And then the years go by, your mom and you're married, you know, you have a divorce, all that good stuff. But I'm sure you went to church all the, throughout those years, right? Um, sporadically. sporadically. I'm not even going to lie. Like, it was, <laughs> it was sporadic. Yeah. Now, what, what happened in your life at that particular point, at the pinnacle of that point where you were just like, okay, I, I've had enough? Yeah, I think it was right after my divorce. So um, I was thinking of this earlier. It's just, I think those are probably the two most traumatic things that have happened in my life. And divorce is somewhat of of a death. Like I consider Mm -hmm. it a death. And after my divorce, I think I just buried everything. I just tried to keep moving. Like we we most sometimes, you you know, most likely we do. We just try to hide it and and bury it and and just keep moving. And I never really took the time to heal. Mm. And it just, kind of collapsed on me at one point I it, it it became so overwhelming that I couldn't handle the pressure the pressure of you know now having to be a divorced woman now having to be a, a co-parent now having to deal with you know an ex-husband who we, we had a really contentious relationship mm-hmm. um just it, it was a space where everything it, it was just overwhelming and I just realized I, I couldn't keep going. I had my representative game on lock, meaning that anytime someone asked me how I was doing, oh, I was perfect. I was fine. You know, social media painted this beautiful picture of me just being all together when the inside I was just crumbling. I had great anxiety, such depression. You know, there would be days where I just, I couldn't, I could not make it out of bed. And especially the days where, you know, my kids were with their dad, it's like, what was my part? Like, what am I doing? What, 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 how do I keep moving? If I, if I'm not a mom, if I'm not a wife, I just had no identity, no sense of self, just no purpose. And I just couldn't, I I knew I couldn't go on like this anymore. And a friend of mine, it's like, I feel like she, she knew what I was going through, of course, because she's, she's one of my, my closest friends, but she only knew what I let her let on. Right. Like, Mm. I feel like we, 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 we let people know what we want to let them know. Right. Um, it's very, very rare do we kind of just, you know, lay it all out. And she just invited me to church. And I'm like, you know what, at this point, what do I have to lose? Like, I'm, I'm trying everything in my own strength. It's not working. And let, let me just go. And it's like, the moment I walked in there, God just met me. And it was, it was just like a smack in the face and almost like it's about time you got here. And, and that was kind of the pinnacle and trying to say, okay, God, you know, I can't do it my way anymore. It's not working. Let me try it your way. And I did. And to be honest, it was very like one foot in, one foot out. Like I was kind of like testing the waters because 
it's hard to submit. It's hard to give up control. It's hard to do it in, in a way that you haven't been used to. So I want to say I was a, a hot and cold Christian, mm. so to speak. I'm just making up these terms, but lukewarm. it was just like, <laughs> lukewarm, there you go. Yeah. Like just trying to check all the boxes again of just doing what I, doing the bare minimum and hoping to get by. But God, again, he knows exactly who he made. He knows the daughter in me. <laughs> he knows how stubborn I am. He knows that the push I need sometimes. And the push I, I received was when I had the opportunity to move to Texas for a job opportunity and I had to leave my kids behind. Mm. And in that space of being without them, moving to a new city, kind of learning a new role, just getting acclimated to a whole new life, he had me all to himself and um, he just gracefully broke me and put me back together. And it was a, a very amazing experience. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's so <laughs> much that I just gathered from that, that what you just shared. You know, as women, boy, oh boy, <laughs> God knows us like the back. First of all, the interesting part of everything that you shared that I caught right off the bat was identity, right? Mm-hmm, as women, whew, we can put on a show. Okay, we really do know how to put on our mask and just continue on with life. Like there is not like the like the world is not burning around us, right? And what you shared with the whole identity when your kids were you know spending time with their dad, and now you're like, okay, I'm not a wife. Yep, I'm not a mom. What am I? Mm Hmm. And I want to highlight that point because we build our identity off of what's happening in our lives, right? Being that mom, being that wife, being that career woman, being that author, being, and when those things are stripped away, mm-hmm. who are you? Who are you? What yep. are you? I want you ladies to truly hone in on that and ask yourself that question right now in this moment, whether you hit pause and start to journal, but really take a moment to hone in on that because when everything else is stripped away, and this is why I, because life is so fragile Mm -hmm. at any moment, God forbid something happens to your children. You're not a mom anymore. Right. Okay. God forbid something happens to your spouse or you do what you're not, a, you know, you don't carry that title of wife anymore. God forbid you lose your job. You're no longer what you were doing anymore. Who right. and what are you? And a lot of times we go in, we go throughout life carrying around these titles and not having any idea of who and what we are when all those things are stripped away. And I think a lot of times that's why people break. Mm-hmm. Is because when you do lose those things, now you have to sit and realize, I don't know who I am. When your right. child go off to school, right? You've been a stay-at-home mom for all these years, and then now they're no longer in the home. Who and what are you? So really, really, really want women to hone in on that and truly focus in on that. And thank you, Christina, for sharing that, because that is so key. <laughs> 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 Because knowing who and what we are as, as far as the identity factor is so important with your relationship with God. 
he really is the person that created you and fashioned you. So he knows who and what you are. But do you? Wow, 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 wow. I love that. Woo, Chaka, do a whole <laughs> My goodness. Wow. And you know, the other interesting thing that I picked up from what you shared is the fact that friendships. I know for me, there was times that I was done for and I never really told the closest people oh, yeah. around me. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I think, honestly, too, coming from a Caribbean background, I'll just use my experience. It's just, you don't, you don't talk about your business. You know, what happens in this house stays in this house. And even, you know, when I got divorced, it was such a shock to the people around us because no one knew. And it's just, I think how it, how we were raised ingrained to kind of keep this secret when you're just like crumbling on the inside. And I think, you know, over the years, having her as you know my my constant has been great but then also opening up to let other people in to be that support system for me has been key and it's honestly a, a cycle that I'm breaking in my own family because mm-hmm. what's the point of, of keeping all of this and spiraling and you're you're no good to anyone so it's so key to just be able to find people that you trust and that's key to definitely find people that you can trust but to let them in because again we just try to keep it all to ourselves and handle it all on our own when we have to share the load. That's a very good point. And I also makes me want to look at myself in regards to relationships wise too. Like, you know, if you love somebody, you're going to tell them the truth and you want them very to tell true. you the truth. Right. So that very exchange, true. that opening has to be there. Wow. That's interesting. Another thing that I caught from what you shared is that you, you've heard that quote before, probably many people have heard it, that um, elevation requires separation. Mm. <laughs> and it's so interesting how God separated you and put, you know, yeah. a whole new environment in order to quiet the noise and to really get at you. <laughs> and it's, it's not fun being in that, that wilderness, that quiet season. Mm. It's, it's not fun. It's scary. It is uncomfortable. Um, but it's needed. I, at least going from my experience, I know that it was absolutely needed because mm. you need to quiet the noise of the world. I feel, you know, with social media and just all of these outlets that we have that are telling us who we are, telling us how we should be, telling us how to think, you get so clouded with it and you kind of forget that source of, he already wrote the book. <laughs> the rules are already out there. It's up right. to us to really choose to center ourselves to believe in it and not take in the noise of the world. So he totally took me out, put me in a space where there were no distractions Mm. and I had no choice but to lean on him. And like I said, it was, it was, it was the most pivotal experience I've ever had in my life. And, and it's something that I'm not afraid of the quiet anymore. I'm not afraid of Mm. kind of seasons of dryness. Of course they are uncomfortable, like I said, but I know that there's a greater purpose in it if I really give it its respect that it's due. Wow. What, what does that mean? Meaning not to shy away from being in a season of quiet, not to shy away from being a season of being segregated because also I, it was a, it's a pruning process, right? So kind of being refined, giving that the respect that it's due. Like we're, we're all not perfect, right? I don't try to live my life in this perfect bubble. I always think it's more progress over perfection. Mm -hmm. So if you're not taking the time to kind of hone in and sit with God and understand where you are in each season of your life. And what's, how do you develop yourself for the next step? 
you're just going to get kind of caught in the rut of just life and events and moving on to the next thing where he kind of probably just wants you to stop, pause, and just focus on where you are right now to develop you for the next season versus just running through them. Mm. Wow. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. And it's very true. That quietness and that alone time is probably the best. I mean, like you said, it does hurt and is extremely uncomfortable. But the person you become out of that season is amazing. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely amazing. So one of my next questions for you, now that you have this amazing, beautiful relationship with Christ, what is the difference between religion and relationship? So, so many differences. So I guess if I just compare it to my upbringing of being raised in a Hindu household, there were a lot of rituals uh, and traditions that you would follow. And for me, one of the, the biggest confusion points would be, why are we doing certain things? Like, why, why am I praying to this God? Or, or why am I, you know, holding this incense? Like, just different things um, that you, steps that you would have to go through. And my understanding was, you do these things and God would bless you. You don't do them and he doesn't bless you. Or you're reprimanded because you even asked, you know, because again, growing up in a Caribbean culture, it can be just do it, do what I say, you know, not as I do mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas what I've learned with Jesus and, and God and Christianity is it's a relationship of learning who your father is. It's the Bible is a love letter. It's just talking about all of the promises and just how God sees you and where he wants to take your life. It's talking to him in prayer. It's developing a relationship that worship is not just singing and clapping your hands at church, but it's, it's the way of life. Mm-hmm. It's knowing that this, at the end of it, no matter what your situation is, you have someone to fall back on. It's kind of like a check-in for me. It's not, it's moving so in a way where if I make any decision in my life, I'm checking in with God first. I'm not trying to you know, run this race of life and check as many boxes to have all of these accomplishments. It's more so centering myself to make sure, does God want me to go this way? Does he want me to move that way? And I think you you can't have that without relationship. You can't have that without understanding who God is, his characteristics, understanding that he is love. So really taking the time to build a relationship just as how if you and I are friends, right. I take the time to, to build a relationship with you. I take the time to build a relationship with my children. Although I'm their mom, doesn't mean that, you know, yes, I have a great title, but I want to have a deeper relationship with them. Mm-hmm. So just as how we build relationships with each other, it's so important to build a relationship with God. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that because it so often gets confused. <laughs> And sometimes the church doesn't do a great job of explaining the difference between the two. And because the line is so very thin that oftentimes, even though you can be in a relationship, you can often go and make things religious. Yes. Because we're, we're creatures of habit, right? And we create these patterns and different things that can get us caught up in the rat race of trying to please Mm -hmm. God with our, you know, acts. And there's absolutely nothing <laughs> that we that can, we can do. do. Yep. So 
So thank you so much for sharing that. So one of the biggest things for me in what I've experienced and what I've gone through is not to parent from my trauma, right? Mm-hmm. What are you doing now as a mother to ensure that you're leaving a, a legacy behind for your children? Because oftentimes when we hear the term legacy, it's men talking mm-hmm. about the term, right? Uh, men talking about the legacy that they want to leave behind. But as women and as mothers, we have that responsibility to leave a legacy for our children. What are you doing different compared to what your mother left behind? So, you know, when I think of my mom, I think of, she's probably the strongest woman I've I've ever known. Mm -hmm. And she was a single mom. She had a lot of obstacles thrown her way. You know, she was the first one to come to America from, from her country, from Guyana. So she had such a different view and such a different life that I had. Right. And, you know, now as a parent, while I do want my children to think, yes, their mom is strong, I want them to see it in a different way. I want mm-hmm. them to understand strength doesn't mean being a superwoman. Strength means you can handle situations, but how do you handle those situations? What are you turning to? So my legacy is trying to build a living faith in Jesus so that they can know at any point in time, wherever they go, however they grow, they always have that foundation to come back to. And in that foundation and, and how they see me, you know, I, I know it's, it's by my actions, right? So I know right. it's by how I react to certain situations, how I, how I present myself. So I'm definitely not trying to present myself in this perfect bubble. I want them to see my flaws. I want them to see that I am human. I want them to see that I'm learning and that I don't have it all together. So I'm trying to be my most honest self with them so that as they grow up, they don't have this ideal sense of me that I just had it all together because I don't. Like Mm -hmm. I tell them all the time, this is the first time I'm raising teenagers. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm trying my best and I'm going to do it with everything that I have, but I'm going to make mistakes. So my legacy, again, it would be definitely to keep them in a faith to know that they have something bigger than them, that they are purposeful, that they are to live with intention and to create an identity for them that is already solidified before they go out into the world and someone tells them who they are. So it's, more intentional. I think it's more so based on emotional. And I think that's something that I missed out. Mm. And, I'm, and, and I say this in, in, with love, and I don't say this with any resentment to my mom or, or even my family, because I do believe they did the best they could with what they had at that time. It's just now I know more. And I'm kind of taking what I learned from my mom, taking now what I've learned from myself and who I am in God and what God is showing me to create something where it's a it's different. And I hope they take that and continue to evolve. But at the end of the day, that foundation will always be God. I love it. I love it. It's parenting from healing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love, love, love that. Uh, my next question for you is, as you are in this new season of your life, you're learning, you're growing, you're healing. It's continuous process. What are three things that you want to share with the Being Eve audience that truly, that you believe that 
are like the takeaways of everything that you've learned thus far and that has kept you and kept your relationship with God? Give me those three things. Just when it started getting good, here we are with the break. Ladies, we'll be right back after this quick message. That was the conclusion of part one of this amazing episode. Stay tuned, ladies. We'll be back on Thursday, same time, same channel, right here for part two on Being Eve. Well, ladies, thank you for tuning in. I hope this episode blessed you as much as it did me. Before we depart, a quick reminder to head on over to the show notes where you will find all the info to keep in contact with Being Eve and to learn more about our guests. Make sure to let them know Being Eve sent you. Last but certainly not least, ladies, don't forget to review, share, and subscribe. This is your opportunity to let the whole world know where we gather for absolutely free. As always, ladies, please continue to love, live, and thrive without losing the authentic you.